Hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to reveal what to do when eating healthy isn't working. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. We speak to a lot of women who are in their 40s and 50s who have gained a few pounds as they've got old. These are typically the women that we work with. They found it more difficult to control their weight since turning 40, and so their weight has kind of steadily crept up. And a lot of the women that we speak to have tried at some point healthy eating in order to lose weight. So they've been cooking things from from scratch. They've been making healthy choices, choosing healthy options but still found that at the end of a week of doing this, putting on all this effort in with their nutrition, they step on the scales and they either see the number going up or they don't see any movement at all. And this can be really, really confusing when you're, you're taking that kind of right approach, you're making those healthy choices, you're putting what you think are the right foods into your body, but you're still seeing no results from all that hard work. And this can leave these women feeling completely stuck with their weight. So they can be in a position where they're trying really hard, they're not seeing any movement, their weight is creeping up and up, they're having to choose clothes to cover up problem areas, living in kind of elasticated waistbands instead of wearing what they want, even avoiding social events, dreading going on holidays, um, just kind of worrying that they'll never be able to get this weight under control. And it can be really, really disheartening when you feel that you're putting in loads of effort and that no matter how much effort you put in or how healthy you do eat, that weight's never going to shift, that you feel like, you know, you're kind of trapped. And this is just kind of part of the excess, the aging process that you'll have to accept. And while it is true that it can be more difficult to control your weight as you get older, with the right approach, it is definitely possible to quickly and easily turn things around without having to ban all your favorite foods, without having to starve yourself, without having to do any other kind of crazy dieting things that are really restrictive, and even without having to step foot in a gym. And in today's podcast, we're going to reveal the truth about, about why healthy eating doesn't work that well for women over 40 and what you can do instead to get the scales moving this week. So the first thing I actually want to go into is what really is healthy because the reason we're eating healthy, there's a reason why we do it. We're not just eating healthy for the sake of it. People want to eat healthy because of a few different reasons. And generally, in our experience, that's because people want to feel good. They want to optimize their long-term health. So they want to stay as fit and healthy for as long as possible. Maybe they've got grandkids um, or they've got children and they want to just be around for as long as possible to enjoy Mm. life with their family, to be productive at work and ultimately to live and love life to the fullest. So they're eating healthy for those reasons, but also they're eating healthy because they want to feel good. They want to maybe lose a few of the excess pounds. They want to fit into their favorite clothes. And the problem is that a lot of healthy eating is actually very misguided and won't actually achieve any of these things, despite great intentions. And there's a lot of good things that come with eating healthy. If you know how to do it in a, in a way that actually works, which we're going to talk about today, but for a lot of people, they're doing these and not getting any of those results or they're not getting some of those results. And a lot of people's perceptions about kind of what is healthy is quite outdated. 
and it's kind of based on food packaging or what other people have said or what they've been told growing up. And it's not really based on any sort of sound nutrition, nutritional science at all. So today what we're going to do is going to break that down. We're going to explain it in really simple bite-sized chunks. I'm going to go through the five main reasons why eating healthy isn't working for many of the reasons, uh, many of the women we speak to. So we go through these five key reasons that mean that you may be eating healthy, but the number isn't changing on the scales. The inches aren't coming off. You're not getting back into those old clothes. And maybe in fact, the opposite's happening. You're eating healthy and your waistline is getting bigger. Um, the clothes are getting tighter. You're feeling more tired and more sluggish and you don't, just don't know how to get out of this trap. So Ben, I'll let you kick off. We're going to go through five reasons now why eating healthy isn't working. So yeah, the, the first reason then why eating healthy might not be working for you is that just because something is home cooked, it doesn't mean it's healthy. So I hear a lot of people who say, you know, oh, I cook all my meals from scratch. I make every, I don't buy any kind of ready meals or pre-packaged foods. I make everything from scratch. And while cooking things from scratch can be like it can be better. It's better. I'd say it's better overall if you have complete control over the ingredients you're using and what you're putting into your food. It's not always true that if you just cook something at home, that that, that means that it's healthy. So whole foods are healthier. They do make you feel better. They do improve your energy levels. They do improve your health. But in terms of actually seeing results and getting to where you want to be with your body, that's only going to happen if you get the calories right. So like the fundamentals of how the, how we lose body fat, how we change body composition is it's all around calories. So calories for, if you don't know, it kind of basically just means the energy that's contained inside your food. So calories are units of energy. Your body deals with this energy in a certain way. So if you put too much energy into your body, then your body has to store it with fat. So if you're eating too much food, if you're eating, you know, whether it's healthy food or unhealthy food, if you're eating too much, your body will store that excess as fat. Many home-cooked meals though, even though, even if you, you know, you may think that you're using healthier ingredients, um, many home-cooked options are also loaded with calories. So for example, a lot of the things that I've cooked in the past when I followed recipes, um, the syrup, there are some, so many amazing recipes out there these days. You can just Google something and find a way to make pretty much anything you want. But a lot of things that are very, very delicious tend to also be packed with calories. So for example, you might make something which has a sauce, which is full of butter or contains a huge amount of oil or has cream or any of these things. And these can really, really, really push up the calories of the thing that you're making. Other things that are high in calories that are also home cooked, people will, I mean, I don't know where I've seen this advertising. It must be um, a little cafes and things like that. I I'm pretty sure that's where it is, but you see like home cooked cakes, like home cooked scones, home cooked chocolate cake, home cooked apple pie. Um, and that this almost kind of gives the perception that it's healthier because it's home cooked. The, re the reality is the difference between a cake that you buy from Morrison's, which the people in Morrison's have had to bake. Like, let's face it, they've had to bake a cake and put the cake together. It's, it's not as if it's different just because it's in a packet. Um, that cake is going to be the same as a cake you've made from home. Um, I mean, you, I've made some cakes at home that, depending on the recipe, um, cakes can be very, very different from each other. So I remember my, me and you, Rob, we once made a cake that contained, it didn't have any butter in it, but it was just olive oil. And I think it was like, a couple of cups worth of olive oil, like mugs of olive oil, 
about 500 grams of sugar. It was like, it was probably the unhealthiest cake I've ever, I've ever had. That was a home cooked cake, but it was absolutely loaded with calories, loaded with sugar. Um, other things, one and a half, one and a half kilos of sugar, if I remember that's right. It, yeah. Yeah. It was more than, yeah, it was one and a half kilos. It was an yeah. obscene amount. It tasted great. It didn't even taste that sweet. It just tasted perfect. Didn't it? I remember it was probably one of the best cakes so we've ever made. Yeah. Amazing. But it, yeah. It was loaded with calories. But yeah, just, but basically just because we cook that ourselves doesn't mean it's, uh, it's healthy. For example, I could do home cooked deep fried chips at home and a home cooked deep fried fish. And it wouldn't be, it would be just as unhealthy as having fish and chips from the fish and chip shop. Um, other things that can contain loads and loads of calories and even if they're home cooked. So cheeses as well. So if you have a cheese board after dinner, I know some people like to they get the cheese board out. Cat cheese is absolutely loaded with calories. Loads of them. Even though it's not something that's sweet, it's got such a high content of fat. Fat is very, very intense in terms of calories. Um, so yeah, cheese is another thing that can load up, load you up with calories. Um, fatty meats are another one. So Rob was talking to me about a meal he made the other day with chicken thighs in it. Um, chicken thighs, if you look at the way a chicken is, chicken breast is a very lean meat. So the perception is that chicken is, is lean and it's healthy and it's low calories. But the difference in, in calories between the chicken breast and the chicken thighs is absolutely massive because in the thighs, you've got all the skin, you've got that darker kind of fattier meat. So if you make something, uh, you know, like a stew and you put the chicken thighs into it and all of the fat from those chicken thighs will then drain into that stew and the calories of that stew are going to be really high, even though you might perceive it as being like a low calorie home cooked chicken stew. Like, oh, I put loads of vegetables in, I put this in, I just put chicken in. It's probably quite healthy. The reality is it could be really, really high in calories still. Um, other things that can have more calories in. Um, that's, that's pretty much all I'm going to go for, really, I think. <laughs> yeah, You're going to do more than you know. I think that's yeah, enough. That's fine for now. We've got, we've got other ones. I want to save the other ones for the next sections, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll get into those. But those, those are a great like, example of all those things that we cook that we think are healthy. It doesn't mean they're not, but if the calories are too high, you're not going to see any change on the scales, are you? Yeah, I mean, the key is just, just because you made it at home doesn't mean it's healthy. So if you make scones, they're not necessarily going to be any healthier than the scones you buy from the shop. If you make a cake, it's not going to be healthier than the cake you buy from the shop. Or it's not going to be lower in calories than the cake that you buy from the shop. Maybe it probably will contain less kind of preservatives and chemicals and additives and things because they have to, the things in the shop have to have a longer shelf life. So your one will be fresher, I would imagine. But calories-wise, those preservatives and chemicals and things, they don't add any calories really. So it's going to be the same in terms of how your body perceives it in terms of calories. So the solution to this really is to really focus on portion, si portion sizes and the calories that are in those portions because that is the most important thing if you want to lose weight. So, you know, all of those things that I've mentioned before, you can fit those into your diet. You can eat all of those things and still see results. You can have store-bought stuff. You can have home-cooked stuff. You can have cakes, scones, buttery sauces, creamy sauces, cheeses, fatty meats. All of that stuff can fit in. You just have to have the right amount of it. That's the key thing, getting that portion size right. And if you get that right, uh, you can basically have your cake and eat it. So you can, you can enjoy all those foods. You can still see really, really good results in the mirror. Um, and that, yeah, that's about it. I have to bring you up on one thing. Yeah. You say scones and I say scones. <laughs> 
That's I don't so know strange. if this is like a, is there a divide like north to south or is it? I think this one seems to be very just random. So like I would say amongst people I know from like the same, who all have grown up in the same place, probably half say scones, half say scones. Okay, comment. I know, I know we're doing a live, we're not, you know, we're doing a recorded podcast, but there are people watching live. Comment on Facebook or Instagram. If it's scone, put S-C-O-N. If it's scone, put S-C-O-N-E. We'll add it up at the end and see, uh, and see, <laughs> see who wins. So I'm a scone. I'm in the scone crowd. Ben's in the scone crowd. Anyway, that's beside the point. So back to eating healthy. Um, we first of all talked about just because you're cooking it yourself doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy. The second thing is just because you're eating healthy meals. So let's say you do cook meals for yourself and they are healthy. They are lowering calories. It doesn't mean the snacks and the extras, whether that's alcohol or whether that's treats, they don't count. It's those things still count and they add up a lot. Like for a lot of the clients we work with, it's actually these extras that contribute to a lot of their calorie intake and stop them from losing weight. So for example, a bottle of wine is about 700 calories. And lots of the people we speak to are either drinking a bottle of wine a couple of nights a week on the weekend, or maybe even half a bottle a few nights a week as well. And there's a lot of calories in that. And another example of often these two things come together is a bag of crisps, like a bag of kettle chips. They're not huge, but like the sharing sort of bag is about 700 calories again. So even if you have half of that, that's 400 odd calories as well. So the problem with this is that most of the women we coach, we do give them specific nutrition targets specific for them, for their age, for any of the issues they're having health wise. We take into account everything that needs to be taken into account. But at the same time, for most of them, we know kind of where their average calories lie and a bottle of wine or a sharing bag of crisps is about half of what they can eat in a day. So what that would mean is if you did have a bottle of wine and a sharing bag of crisps, your meals would have to be maximum for most people, some people even less, 250 calories a meal, which is not a lot of food. That's going to be a very, very small portion of something. It's going to be a tiny salad or a tiny you know, bit of soup. Or, and then for dinner, it's going to be another tiny meal. You can't have a big dinner. And it's, that's pretty restrictive. Most people don't want to eat like that. And if you ate them together, so let's say you had a bottle of wine on the sofa in the evening after a stressful day of work, you also got that bottle of wine out, you had a glass and the glass would come two. And then, you know, you finish off the bottle. Most people we work with probably can't even, they could barely anything else for the entire day. That's basically it for the day in terms of calories if they want to lose weight. And it's, that's not gonna make them feel great. It's not gonna keep them sustained. So I wouldn't recommend going on the crisps and wine diet, just having a bottle of wine and a pack of crisps a day. Um, you probably won't feel good and you probably will get ill. Um, but also you could be eating healthy meals and having that and then just undoing all of your hard work. Some other things that we find as well, um, that are the same kind of have a similar sort of effect. A lot of people snack on biscuits when they're busy at work, when they need a, a little bit of an energy boost. But if you get through one small pack of digestives, just chocolate digestives in a day, that's going to be about 1400, 1500 calories. So again, that's practically an entire day's food intake for most of our clients who want to lose weight a little bit less, but practically the same. And if that's spread over two days, that still means you're going to have to eat tiny, tiny meals. So it's these little sort of innocuous snacks throughout the day, which we're not really mindfully eating, can easily undo all of your hard work. 
And you can think of this kind of like, imagine if you went for a 5K run, you decided, you know, I'm going to get back into running. I'm going to do a 5K run. And you push yourself and you do this hard 5K run. You want to improve your health and fitness. And then at the end of the run, you smoke a pack of 20 cigarettes or throughout the rest of the day, you smoke 20 cigarettes. Your fitness is going to be improving and then you've completely ruined all of that improvement in your fitness by smoking 20 cigarettes. So you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot with all of these snacks and things. And then it's basically what you need to realize is it's your entire diet, including the extra treats, including the alcohol that defines whether it's healthy, not just the meals. A lot of people just say I'm eating healthy because the meals are healthy, but they don't consider the chocolate. They don't consider the cakes or the biscuits or the crisps or the wine or the, the amount of gin and tonics or cocktails they're having outside of that. And that that's the whole diet. So you've got to take into account the whole picture. And the solution to this then is you're going to need to find a balance with snacks and alcohol. As Ben said at the beginning, you don't need to cut them out entirely, but you do need to find a healthy balance. And we find the only way to do that is to have a reset. We do a two, two week sort of reset called the diet makeover with all of our clients inside our fit over 40 program. So first of all, they get out of those unhealthy habits and they find a much better balance with their food. And then you need to make sure that the calories you're eating. So the amount of energy in the food you're eating works with the entire day. So you can still have a treat, you can still have a drink, but you need to fit that into that sort of daily budget. You can kind of imagine these calories that we keep talking about today. as just like the budget. It's like the, the salary you get each month in your paycheck. You need to make sure you spend that wisely and you don't overspend because if you overspend, you get into debt. And the equivalent with your weight is if you eat too much, you get into a debt in terms of your body fat. You start gaining body fat. I and mean, that's obviously something you probably want to avoid if you're listening to this as well. Anything you want to add to that, Ben? Um, no, not really, but it links quite nicely into the, the, the next point though. So the next point is basically just because things are healthy doesn't mean that they're low in calories. So Rob, you mentioned before about the pack of digestive biscuits that was about 1400 to 1500 calories for that pack of digestive biscuits. Another example I've got of something which is healthier than that. So for example, digestive biscuits, if you look at them, they're not really going to have any nutritional value. They're just like sugar, wheat, chocolate on the top. But they, in terms of vitamins, minerals, they might have a bit of fibrin, to be honest, if they've got a bit of wheat in. But in terms of kind of vitamins, minerals, all of those things that are actually going to make you feel good and make you healthy, they're going to be quite devoid of all of that. So first of all, if you're looking for what is a healthy food, a healthy food, I would say, would be something that contains for the amount of calories it has, it contains a good amount of kind of vitamins and minerals and things that your body actually needs, things that your body needs to function and needs to work. So high nutritional value. And just to interject very quickly, yeah, those ahead. things will keep you full as well, won't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, especially the fiber. If you have something that's high in fiber. So if, for example, if you were to eat a whole um, plate of broccoli, for example, like an entire two heads of broccoli on a plate, it's a lot of food and it's going to be very, very filling, but you could have the same cal same amount of calories probably from, I don't know, like a, a large chocolate bar or something like that, which will only keep you full for a very short period of time, get short burst of energy. Then you'll be ravenously hungry again. But yeah, so if you take a pack of digestive biscuits, which is 1400, 1500 calories, and then we compare that to a bag of cashew nuts. So Rob's, you worked out, Rob's worked out earlier that a small bag of cashew nuts, so 250 grams in, well, a medium bag of cashew nuts, 250 grams is 1,450 calories. So it's about the same amount of calories as the chocolate biscuits. Health-wise, the cashew nuts are going to contain more kind of vitamins and minerals, fiber, things that are good for you. 
But in terms of the actual results you're going to see with your body, there's going to be no difference between taking in that for you're taking in 1400 calories in both cases. You're going to, your body's going to store the same amount of fat in both cases. Yes. You might be slightly healthier having cashew nuts, but the side effect of that is you're still going to gain weight. Your body, your body weight's still going to gain up, go up. You're still going to put on body fat, even if you're taking in the right amount of vitamins and minerals. So a good kind of a, another story that you, that Rob mentioned earlier was um, a coach we used to work with his auntie, she would regularly have herself a 200 gram bag of nuts and raisins. So that bag of kind of, you've probably, you know, it's just like mixed nuts and fruit and you get like raisins and you get all sorts of different nuts in a bag. In a bag like that, it's about 936 calories, which is twice as much as a large serving of oven chips. Now, most people would say, you know, chips unhealthy. They would think chips are unhealthy. Fruit and nuts, especially when it's advertised as like fruit and nuts, they'll see that as healthy. Um, the problem with these fruit and nuts are when you dry fruit down, it becomes very concentrated. It's very high in sugar. There's nothing necessarily wrong with the nuts that are in there. But calories wise, it can be very, very it's a very easy thing to eat. Very, very calorie dense, um, which will then lead to you gaining a load of body fat, even if you think you're eating something healthy. Yeah, and Sam's, Sam, Sam mentioned that his auntie would eat this on the drive home from, they, they used to share a lift home from town where, where we had our office back in the day. And she would eat it between there and their hometown 20 minutes away as well. So it's, it, she didn't even acknowledge it. It was like very mindless, quick, easy eating. And I yeah. mean, I find the same. I don't know about you, but, but eating nuts are very easy to just juggle over nuts, especially with a drink. You know, you have some olives, have some nuts and the calories ramp up. If you gave me that that bag of cashew nuts, 250 grams, I reckon I could eat that in between five and 10 minutes. And that's going to be, for, for some people, that would be like their entire day of food gone just from one small bag of cashew nuts, um, which is just, yeah, they're just, they're just so calorie dense. And you, because they don't kind of, they don't create, they don't take up a lot of space in your stomach as well. So if you eat a load of nuts, like two big handfuls of nuts, you can easily get an extra like 500, 600, 700 calories down. And then, then go like, I'm sure in a, when Sam's auntie got home, she probably then had dinner as well. Then you can fit that dinner in easily um, and easily push your calories to a level where your, your, your body weight and body fat spiraling out of control. But another, another example of something like this is if you go to Pizza Express and you order the Caesar salad, the Caesar salad from Pizza Express has 1,160 calories. Um, compared to if you have just a margarita classic pizza that's 834 so you would think pizza unhealthy salad healthy however the salad has more calories in than the pizza now if we're talking in terms of kind of in terms of nutritional value in terms of vitamins and minerals the salad may well be a healthier option in terms of that it may give you more of the kind of vitamins minerals fiber etc that your body needs however it's the things in the salad that mean that the calories are really high and it might cause you to put on weight it's going to have shaved parmesan it's going to have a dressing on it it's probably going to have bits of bacon in there as well and all of those little additional bits oil drizzled over as well all of those additional things that's where all the calories come from so the the lettuce in that salad is almost just kind of a, a container for loads of other high calorie foods and again like none of those things are particularly bad so like olive oil for example really good for you um all the lettuce in there, the other bits in the salad, it's all going to be really good for you. Um, and that's one thing, something being healthy, but something being like 
the right thing to get you where you want to be in terms of fitness goals. So whether that's losing weight, losing body fat, toning up, that's completely different to being healthy. So the, the, the thing to realize here is that options that are advertised or kind of popularized as healthy aren't always the healthiest choice. And, you know, it, it's very, very difficult not to get drawn in, I think, by the advertising and, and by the kind of food packaging things that you see. When you walk around the supermarket, for example, you go into the yogurt section and you see all these yogurts that are advertised as, you know, like low fat, they have like pictures of fruit on the front and things like that. You look at the back of them and they're like, loads and loads of sugar packed with sugar cereals another good example you go into the cereal aisle and it will have you know they'll say like high in fiber and in high in iron and rich with vitamin b they put all of this stuff on the outside of the packaging and then you find out the, the cereal contains as much sugar as like a some form some kind of chocolate bar like a dark chocolate bar or something so you, you the solution to this is kind of just to to understand nutrition so that you don't get tricked by this you don't get drawn in by the false advertising and false claims and you can you can weigh up each individual option for yourself because not everything is made equal so if you go into pizza express for example if, if you're going to make a caesar salad let's say you make one at home you could make yourself a very low calorie caesar salad you could swap out some some things for others you could have lean chicken in there you could have only a small amount of dressing you could make a very lean, very low calorie, very healthy Caesar salad that's going to get you where you want to be in terms of results. Or you could make a Caesar salad, which is going to be three times more calories and it's not going to get you to where you want to be. But if you understand nutrition, if you understand how all of the ingredients of, of a meal or of something add up to the total calorie amount, you understand how many calories you can get away with eating on a daily basis without gaining weight. You can just be completely in control of this and you can make the choice. You can have the power to kind of choose are you going to have the pizza? Are you going to have that salad? Are you going to have that bag of nuts and raisins? Or are you going to limit that so that you can have some more food for dinner? You become a lot more able to just choose, choose to eat what you want and still get the results that you want. And if this all sounds confusing, it can be quite difficult. It's kind of a mini education in, um, that you need to give yourself in understanding what's in different foods, what foods you should eat, what foods you should avoid, what foods you should limit how many calories are in certain different certain foods. And this is all stuff that we teach inside of our Fit Over 40 program. We break it down. We make it really, really simple. Um, it, it really doesn't have to be that complicated. In just a short matter of weeks, you can learn how to take complete control of your nutrition. If you want to find out more about that, just go to www.fit40info.com for details. I just want to quickly have a look at the scone, scone, scone vote. Do we have any on Facebook? No, just on Instagram. So I think we've got 50-50. We've got um, Lee Vanden Bosch says scone. So she's on team scone with me. Um, Catalina said scone. So she's on your team. And so far, that's it. So we're 50-50. Anyone else have an opinion on this? How do you say scone or scone? Comment below, let us know. And uh, again, we'll do a summary at the end. I also know uh, Jen... SWGen80 said, you've ruined my life. This is to you, Ben. I love that salad. Well, you, can, you salad. can still have that salad just as long as, uh, as long as you can fit it into your day. So all you'd have to do is for that situation is know how much you can get away with eating per day for breakfast and lunch. You then have the remainder, like the, you cut down your breakfast, cut down your lunch and leave yourself the calories to then enjoy that salad for dinner. And you can, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. As I said earlier, it's kind of like a budget, isn't it? You just choose yeah, yeah. how you spend exactly. it. And if you understand, you understand how much things cost, 
you can then spend more wisely. It's, it'd be like, you know, not knowing how, how many calories are in those things and what your budget in, is. It's just like, you know, running around with a, with a credit card and just buying anything that you like, not even looking at the price, just covering your eyes and just buying stuff from really expensive shops, running up this huge debt. And then suddenly one day you're like, oh God, what's, what's happened? You've got debt collectors coming to your door, people trying to repossess your house because you've spent thousands and thousands of pounds. Um, so yeah, it's, it's literally, it's, if, you can, if, you can, if you're in the position where you can control your money and you, know, you can budget for things and you can make sure you've got enough money for food and all the things that you need, you, can, you have all the skills necessary already to do the same with your nutrition. It's just kind of taking that skill set and transferring it from like life admin over to your body admin, if you like. Yeah, like if you're in a shop, like what's the first thing? I don't know about everyone listening, but certainly for me, I'll look at some clothes, but the, one of the first things I'll do once I've gone, okay, that's all right, is look at the label and go, how much does this cost? Is it like one of those things which is like 170 quid and it's just a complete like shock? Or is it going to be like, oh, it's 25 quid. Okay, that's something I can have. And if you can do that, you can do, as Ben said, that translates over exactly the same way to nutrition. And it's something we teach all our clients to do. I'm going to have to let the dog in. The dog is banging on the door. <laughs> Brief interjection. So funny. Let the dog come and say hello. Do you want to come in then? What do you want? Right. Come on then. Say hello to everyone on the podcast. This is Ted. He loves socks. He's got a sock. He always has a sock. He spits it out if he does. He's not comfy, although he seems to be quite comfy now. Now he's seen I'm in here, probably leave. So we'll get back to it. Right, Ted, you've got to go now. Come on, have to go. No. Go. <laughs> okay. Back to it. <laughs> okay, where were we? So we're talking about eating healthy. Any of you who's just joined us? Um, Lee says hello to Ted. We're talking about why eating healthy doesn't always work, why you can't always lose weight just because you're eating healthy. And a lot of people get stuck in this trap. Now we've got two more key points really to cover that if you're eating healthy but you're not seeing results, these may be something you're falling foul of. So the next one is just because you're eating healthy in the week doesn't mean you can eat whatever you want at the weekend. So this is a, a trap that I see lots of people falling into. I speak to lots of women um, who are thinking of joining our Fit Over 40 program who, once I understand what they're doing with the nutrition, it's very, very obvious. And they also learn inside the program. I had actually a client yesterday um, called Maxine who said this is exactly what she was doing before. And she's only just realized now, a few weeks in, this is why she wasn't seeing any results. So Maxine's 46. She's got a busy job. She um, works at a Bupa um, orthodontic center and she, she's involved in the running of that. And what she said she realized she was doing was she was eating healthy all week. But then over the weekend, she'd get really, she, you know, she has a very stressful job. She has stressful family life as well um, with, with kids, with a, with a few, few um, difficult issues to deal with. And when she'd get to the weekend, she would just want to de-stress and relax. So she'd, she'd crack open that bottle of wine and she'd end up drinking one, maybe even two bottles of wine a night over the weekend. And while she was doing that as well, that might be in the evening or it might be out of, you know, beer gardens and in the pub at, at lunch with friends as well. She's very sociable. And she'd also be having some snacks. So she's having some nuts like Ben mentioned earlier or having some crisps. And what would happen for her is her weight would drop in the week. She was still exercising. She was trying to make healthy choices. But every weekend, her weight would spike back up and go back to where it was before or even go up a bit more. So it was slowly, slowly, slowly actually creeping up over the weeks, over the months, over the years of this ongoing habit where her 
her kind of diet was yo-yoing. This is what she said to me last night, actually, is I just realized my, I was yo-yoing in terms of my food choices. And it's very, very easy to do. So she was actually doing everything she needed in the week or maybe even eating a bit less, but then overcompensating at the weekend, having too much and blowing out after a stressful week and then undoing all her hard work from the week. And the thing is, as Ben's mentioned before, it really comes down to these calories. It's energy intake, the amount of food, calories and drink calories that you're taking in. If that's too high, doesn't matter if it's healthy at a certain point in the week. If it's too high over the whole course of the week, that average is too high, then you're going to gain weight or your weight is not going to come down. And a few different reasons people fall foul of this. I mean, the average Indian takeaway um, is apparently over 1200 calories that someone would eat. There's lots of creamy sauces and butter or um, oil in, in those like saucy takeaways. Delicious. I love an Indian takeaway, but there's a lot of calories in them. Um, meals out often are also very high in calories. So if you eat at a gastro pub or a nice restaurant, their priority is to make it taste delicious. So you come back, they don't care at all about the calorie intake, especially as most don't even have to list it on the menu. I think that's actually going to be um, a law that Boris Johnson's going to introduce since he got coronavirus and got very ill from, he thinks, because he was overweight. But um, they, basically, they don't have to list that. So what they're going to do is they're going to put loads of butter in the sauce and loads of oil on the food, and they're going to cook with fattier foods because it tastes good. So again, it's very easy to eat what you think is a potentially healthy whole food meal at a nice restaurant, and it actually ends up being thousands of calories as well. Other things that you can get caught out by, maybe a fry up as well. Um, or some sort of like breakfast out, they're often 500 to 1,000 calories, even more sometimes. And then if you add alcohol into the mix, so a couple of bottles of wine, as we talked about before, is, is a lot of calories as well, over 1,000 to nearly 1,500 calories. So it's very, very easy at the weekend to actually go from losing weight and being in a position where you're, you're managing that budget Ben talked about earlier in terms of your calories well in the week and then just completely blowing out of the weekend after a stressful week or just being mindless and then undoing all that hard work again. So the solution is kind of wrapped up in everything else we've talked about. One way or another, you must manage your calories over the week if you want to see progress. Otherwise, all you're doing is leaving it up to chance. As Ben said, it's like shopping with a blindfold on or shopping without any labels on and just swiping your credit card. And then at the end of the month, having a look at your bank balance and going, oh no, it's a disaster. I've spent 500 pounds too much or a thousand pounds too much. And I didn't even realize. And that's what most people are doing. So you need to bring awareness to that. And again, this is something we do in our Fit Over 40 program is keep them accountable, bring awareness to what they're eating and, and help our clients to understand exactly what they need to do so that they don't overspend that budget, but they can still have fun. They can still eat out. They can still go on holiday. They can still have a few treats and snacks and drinks and see progress. And I think one of the, one of the real benefits of doing this with us or in a program or with a coach generally is there can be quite a steep learning curve to this thing, you know, figuring out, what calories and everything are in every single food what things are healthy what things are not healthy how many calories you need to have it can take quite a long time to learn i know personally for me the way i did it was i just learned and studied and read articles on the internet and i tried and failed at fitness generally for like a year or so before i really figured it out and started to see some good progress start to see some results um so yeah there's definitely a quick way and a slow way but the the final thing to to have a look at is if you're not falling foul of any of the above. So if you already know how many calories you should be eating, you're making sure that everything you have fits within those calories, you're making decent choices, kind of 80% of the time is what we'd recommend. 
but still even even doing all of that you're not seeing results you're not seeing that movement that you want to see on the scales there's a few other factors to look at so the first one to look at is your overall stress level so for this check out our last week's podcast which was on cortisol so cortisol is the stress hormone loads and loads and loads of things can increase your cortisol whether that's what the type of exercise you do uh, could be cutting calories down too low can increase cortisol um obviously work stress things like family stress lack of sleep there's just so many factors that can influence and increase cortisol even age even gender so have a look at that last week's podcast see if you can if if this is not working for you it might be that your stress levels are too high and that, that stress hormone is blocking you from seeing results so you can see how you can bring that down other factors that can affect things are your overall activity level so there's kind of two things that we get people to look at. So the first one is step count. It's important to get your step count up purely because it's almost kind of a, a free calorie burn. So 5,000 steps. If you do 5,000 steps, you burn around 200 calories extra by doing that. That could be that 200 calories could be the difference between seeing like a slow, steady weight loss every week or being completely stuck and not seeing any movement. So if you, if you don't already, I have a watch. I just track my steps every day. I try and get up to about 8,000 steps a day, but basically try and keep yourself active. Cause if you're in the situation where you're doing like, you know, staying in the house, you're kind of commuting from your bed to your desk, sitting at your desk all day. And then you go from your desk downstairs to the sofa and you sit on the sofa and watch TV all evening. You could be doing like a thousand or 2000 steps per day. And that can just really reduce the energy output of your body, which means even if you eat a normal amount of food, even if you don't eat a, a huge amount or kind of an excessive amount, you you could still be gaining weight or you could still be seeing no results. So step count is really important to look at. Another thing that's important to look at is exercise. Um, exercise is, I, I'd say, the, the foundation of all of this, like for, for seeing long-term results, long-lasting results, and being able to see results and still eat a decent amount, I think exercise is something that you need to be doing because if, if you're burning some calories through exercise, keeping your step count high, you can get away with eating a normal amount of food and still see the results you want. If you try and do it with one of these approaches that doesn't include any exercise. So there are loads and loads of approaches out there, which, you know, either they make you do shakes or they make you do like meal replacements or they send you food or they make you cut your calories down really, really low. The only reason they have to cut those calories down low is because there's no exercise involved in it. So exercise is definitely worth looking into. Um, the final thing to look into is kind of the type of activity that you're doing as well. So especially if you're over 40, when, when people get, when women get over 40, they become more sensitive to stress. So for more information on that, again, check out last week's podcast on cortisol and stress. But one of the things that can really increase that stress for people is the type of exercise they do. So specifically it's that high impact, high intensity exercise. So anything like hit cardio or gym classes or, you know, going out and doing some really sweaty exercise that gets your heart rate going and is really kind of high intensity that can just cause you to overstress the body and then it can put the brakes on your results. So instead, um, you want to just look into doing some kind of low impact exercise and I would recommend some form of strength training, but just keeping it, keeping it slow and steady and low impact. And these are all things that we cover inside of our fit over 40 program. So we help our clients to manage their stress levels, help them to look at activity level, help them to look at doing the right type of exercise. And of course, help them to figure out the amount of calories that is good, that are going to work for them 
to get the results that they want. And uh, Caitlin actually messaged earlier saying, what is the optimum calorie deficit for healthy and steady weight loss? The answer to that really is, it's almost kind of how long is a piece of string because it depends on the individual. It depends on who, it depends on who you're talking to. It depends on the person's age, depends on their weight, depends on their height, depends on their activity level, depends on their previous dieting history. It depends on so many different factors. So we never just give like a blanket number of like 1200 calories is the right amount or like everyone should aim for this amount. We take it on a client by client basis. So we'll look at people individually, we'll figure out what we think will work for them. But even then, there's no magic formula to, to figure to just look at someone and figure out this is how much food they should eat. So we give everybody that we work with a starting point and then we adjust and adapt their program as they go if needed um, to make sure that they're seeing consistent results and seeing like a nice, steady, sustainable weight loss every week as we work with them. And we do have a couple of sort of testimonials or case studies from clients inside of that program who thought they were eating healthy before they started working with us. And they kind of realized actually they, they kind of needed to overhaul their whole, the whole approach if they wanted to see results. So I'll just read out the first one, which is from Sharon Taylor. So Sharon said that before Trinity, I thought I was eating healthy, but snacks and treats didn't seem to count. And one more won't hurt seemed to always be the case, especially if I'd been for a run and I'd earned it. My size 12 clothes were too tight again and becoming a large 14. Keeping weight off has always been my problem, but I've never got to or stayed at a size I was happy with for very long. My mindset's changed a lot now. I feel in better control, not just in my food choices, but in organizing my day and not feeling a complete slave to dieting and limiting myself. I've lost as of 11 inches since starting Trinity and my, sorry, I've got dog hair in my mouth. <laughs> That's after he crawled on me. I've lost over 11 inches since the start of Trinity and my shape has changed a lot. I'm starting to feel confident in my skin and clothes. People at work have started noticing, which boosts my confidence as well. And I like to run, although I've done a lot less cardio in my time. And my times have improved when I've been for a run, mainly contrast weeks. And physically, I feel fitter and stronger. So these are on her weeks off where she's not doing strength training with us. She's actually now running faster, having done this lower impact training that's more age appropriate for her, as well as having lost um, a significant amount of inches as well. Now, the other one we've got is from um, another client of ours called uh, Harkit. And Harkett said, I thought I was training and eating well until I joined Trinity, but clearly I wasn't as I wasn't achieving the results I longed for despite working out six times a week. Having my nutrition targets worked out for me was a lifesaver and showed me areas where I was either overindulging or not eating enough it. I've learned that weight training combined with the right nutrition targets really is the way forward for long-term fat burning. If you're sitting on the fence thinking about joining Trinity, take the leap. You've got nothing to lose apart from inches. I only wish I joined much sooner instead of wasting years and money on purchasing endless DVDs in the hope they'd give me the body I wanted. The Trinity boys literally throw every piece of knowledge and material at you, but in bite-sized, understandable pieces. The best bit is they're personally available to answer all the questions if you need them, and this program is really easy to follow. So there's just two um, case studies from clients, again, who thought they were eating healthy, thought they were making good choices, but weren't seeing results. Clearly, there was something not working there, and we helped them overhaul that and in a nice, quick, and easy way. Um, get them seeing results and understand what they need to be doing long term so they can sustain it moving forward. So Ben, where, where can people go then if they want to find out more about what we do and, um, and our Fit Over 40 program? So to find out more details, just head over to www.fit40info.com.
Okay, that just about wraps up for today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it useful. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Don't forget to subscribe as well. And we'll catch you next Friday for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.